Welcome back to another episode of Jake's Takes. My name is Jake. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the podcast. On this week's episode, we are going to be looking at three different teams, and we are going to be looking at the Philadelphia 76ers and how Doc Rivers can change their team up and what they can do to be better with Doc Rivers as the head coach. Then we're going to look at the Clippers and Tyron Lue and how he is going to impact their team. More importantly, how they'll be much better with Lou and what they can do to give themselves a good team. Then we will discuss the Houston Rockets and the situation involving um, their team and the coaching options and the situation with Daryl Morey stepping down and everything involving the Houston Rockets. So, yeah, let us get started. So the Philadelphia 76ers, um, if you look at where... um, Really, the 76ers are. They had um, a pretty uh, rough season. They were the sixth seed, but they got knocked in the first round. They got swept by the Celtics. They were not that good. Their team is um, kind of, you know, made up of a bunch of, you know, big contracts. They have Tobias Harris, who makes $34 million. They have Ben Simmons who makes thirty million. Joel Embiid makes twenty nine million. Al Horford makes twenty seven million, and then Josh Richardson makes ten million, and the rest are lower than that. With Mike Scott who makes five million and three million for Zaire Smith, almost three million for Matthias Labule, and um, down the line. So when you look at the 76ers, they had Brett Brown who was an average coach at best, and the 76ers have. A lot of money tied up in, you know, big contracts, almost, um, you know, over $60 million just in Tobias Harris and Al Horford. Plus, you have Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, which is, um, at that point, $60 million right there. So, the bulk of your team is in four players' uh, contracts. Um, Tobias Harris is, you know, a good power forward. I don't think he's a $34 million um, power forward. I think he's definitely, you know, maybe cut that number uh, down a little bit. Uh, ben Simmons is a great player, 16.7 rebounds, 8 assists. Joel Embiid is obviously their all-star, 23 points, 11 rebounds. And then Al Horford was a disappointment to say the least, uh, 11 points and 7 rebounds, which is not awful, but he is definitely overpaid, and most people would say that's the case. They got 13 points and about Three rebounds, three assists out of Josh Richardson. And Matisse Tabule was their rookie, who kind of was great on defense, not the greatest offensively. Um, their bench was average. They got almost 10 points a game out of Furkan Korkmaz, and that's about what you get. Glenn Robinson averaged about 11. You got almost 10 points out of Shake Milton, and about 15 or so out of Alec Burks. And Glenn Robinson and Alec Burks got most of their points from Golden State days. Um, before they were traded. Um, yeah, if you look at the 76ers, they got a lot of issues, and they had to get rid of Brett Brown because their system's wrong. Now, Doc Rivers is a veteran coach. He won a championship in Boston, should have won two championships. He made the playoffs uh, pretty much his whole tenure in um, Los Angeles um, with the Clippers, or close to um, every single year there. And... Um, you know, you look at their team, their team has time and time again chosen the wrong players. You have a starting rotation of guys, Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Al Horford, Josh Richardson, 
who cannot shoot the basketball. Josh Richardson is probably their best shooter, and he's average. And Tobias Harris is an average shooter, and Al Horford's an average shooter, and Ben Simmons can't shoot past two feet, and Joel Embiid is not much better. So if you look at 76ers, time and time again, they've chosen players. They chose Nerlens Noel over Drew Holiday. They chose... Um, you know, Tobias Harris and Al Horford or Jimmy Butler and J.J. Redick. Granted, Butler uh, wanted to leave and J.J. Redick also was a free agent and chose to leave. But they just made those decisions. You traded away Robert Covington and Dario Saric, who both are shooters, for Jimmy Butler, who ended up leaving. Your team had Bellinelli and Ersan Ilyasova, both of which were shooters. Those guys are long gone. So the 76ers have to do a major revamp if they ever want to get themselves into a better situation. Now, the good news is that the 76ers have a ton of draft picks to throw, and most of them are coming from the second round. They have one, two, three second-round picks this year, um, including um, a fourth pick, which is their own. They have um, a 2021 second-round pick from New York. They have a 2023 second-round pick from Atlanta, a 2024 second-round pick from Miami, um, they have a first-round pick this year and first-round picks in every draft afterwards. Um, and their team definitely needs a major reboot, a major overhaul, because you can't win like this. In today's Eastern Conference, everybody is going smaller. Now, some teams are trying small ball where they have five guys who are all under like six foot eight, like the Houston Rockets are doing. I mean, the Celtics have Tice, who's 6'8", and the rest are smaller. But for majority of teams, they have one dominant center, Marcus Gasol. They have Bam Adebayo, or they have Brooke Lopez, or they have whoever. Just one center. Uh, they have a point guard, and then they have a bunch of wings. They have a bunch of guards. They have a bunch of guys who can play. You know, small forward, shooting guard, um, power forward, small forward. Guys who are traditional power forwards playing the center position. So in today's NBA, the Philadelphia 76ers trust the process model where you have guys who are just kind of playing all around. Um, and they're all big men, pretty much. Um, I mean, Josh Richardson's 6'5", and he's the shortest guy in the starting lineup. Yeah, that's not going to work. Ben Simmons was trying to be their point guard, but he just went back to power forward. And Magic Johnson was pretty much the only guy who was like 6'8", or I think he was actually like 6'10", and he was a point guard. And it's very difficult to be a big man who is a point guard in today's NBA. And Ben Simmons, he's not really grasping it. So he's more of a power forward. He could play small forward, I guess, or center. But you need to make some changes. If you're the Philadelphia 76ers, you cannot be living in this world with this team surrounding you because it's just not one that's working. And I think um, by far and away there's some... Some big time issues if this is where you're trying to be. And so unfortunately for the 76ers, um, yeah, it's not good. So now what I want to do is look at some of the ways that the Philadelphia 76ers can make themselves better. And so we're going to look at some potential trades that could make the 76ers a better team overall. And the first one comes with the Pistons. And so 76ers get a shooter in Luke Kennard. And the Pistons get Zaire Smith, a first-round pick from Oklahoma City, and a second-round pick from Atlanta, both in 2020. Um, and 
you know, that's a solid move to get them a shooter, get someone in there who can do a little bit more than what they're kind of um, dealing with at the moment. Um, you know, it's not a, a bad move by any means, um, you know, and I think uh, it's a pretty solid one just in my opinion, and I think it works. Then uh, we have this next move here, which um, in my opinion is going to make for a better situation and this one is um, the Sacramento Kings get uh, Al Horford and two second-round picks plus a first-round pick in this year's draft. And then we see Buddy Heald going to the 76ers. So why would this work? Because they get a shooter, which is about as important of a move as they can get. Um, and I think it's one that uh, I think it would really be a good one. So that would be something that would... Uh, be a little bit better. Then we have this next move here, which is Terry Rozier and Cody Zeller going to the um, 76ers, and then we see uh, Al Horford, Zaire Smith, and uh, two second-round draft picks in 2020 going to the Hornets. So basically, um, the 76ers are getting a point guard who probably would work well with what they got, and then you're seeing Al Horford as potentially the starting center for um, this team. So it's a pretty good move, and if that's kind of a player that's interesting to them, Rozier might be their, their best or one of their best options. So, um, yeah, now we're going to move to this next potential move, which will give them a good, solid point guard and maybe... Maybe it'll work, maybe not, um, and it involves the Houston Rockets and um, the Philadelphia 76ers as well as the Kings. So the 76ers are going to get Rashawn Holmes, Russell Westbrook, Harrison Barnes, Robert Covington. The Rockets get Buddy Heald, Corey Joseph, and Joel Embiid, and the Kings get Al Horford, Eric Gordon, Tobias Harris, and a first-round pick from the 76ers. So... Let us discuss. Um, for the Rockets, yes, they get rid of Westbrook, but they get a great shooter in Buddy Heald, a good backup point guard in Corey Joseph, and a great uh, center in Joel Embiid. Now you have a pretty good starting lineup with Joel Embiid in there, plus you have um, uh, Buddy Heald, plus you have James Harden, plus you have um, uh, P.J. Tucker. 76ers in this one, they do lose out on Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris, but... You get Westbrook, who's great. You get Harrison Barnes and Covington, who are good pieces. You can put Ben Simmons at the center. Um, that's a pretty solid move. And then the Kings, they get really just role players and some good guys and a draft pick. So um, it's an okay move, not the, the most ideal one, but by no means um, a bad trade if Westbrook's an option. Then we are going to switch gears here. And go to this next one, which is basically going to be involving um, two teams. So it's going to be the 76ers um, getting Zach Collins and C.J. McCollum. And the Trailblazers are going to be getting um, Tobias Harris, Shake Milton, and a 2020 first round pick. So Portland, um, you know, does not need both Dame and C.J. to make themselves better. Um, they do have Gary Trent Jr., who can be a great starter, and they would be getting Shake Milton. Um, Tobias Harris is a great four, 
um, or a three, wherever you uh, put him. I think um, the first round pick helps for sure. And CJ McCollum is a good fit um, with the 76ers as their starting shooting guard. And Zach Collins can play wherever you feel like he's uh, a good fit. So that is a pretty solid option if that's kind of the direction that they're looking at. So, yes. Um, then we have this next move here, which is Josh Richardson and Al Horford to the Pelicans, along with uh, two second-round picks for uh, Drew Holiday. So this is basically the Pelicans are getting and taking on Al Horford, but they do get Josh Richardson and some draft picks. And then Drew Holiday goes back to Philly, where he got drafted, and it works because um, they get a shooter. So, yeah, that's a pretty solid move, in my opinion. And then we have this final one, and this one involves the Utah Jazz and the 76ers. Uh, Utah is going to get Al Horford and two second-round picks, and the 76ers will get Mike Conley. So, um, if the Utah Jazz figure, hey, we can have Al Horford at the power forward with um, Rudy Gobert at the center, and then we can have Donovan Mitchell holding the ball, then that's a pretty good situation right there. Um, and, yeah, can't complain. Now we're going to move on to the next team here, which we're going to look at, the Clippers. And ever since Doc Rivers um, came over from Boston, they've been a pretty solid team. They had Lob City with Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan, which was pretty solid with, um, at one point, J.J. Redick was there, and they had Paul Pierce, which was a pretty damn good starting five. Um, Doc Rivers obviously was a great head coach who brought championship experience in. But for uh, the Clippers, they just couldn't get it done. Chris Paul got traded uh, away. Uh, you then see um, a new situation um, in Houston with Chris Paul going to Houston. We saw Blake Griffin get traded for Tobias Harris in uh, Detroit. That didn't really pan out for them. We then saw DeAndre Jordan leave um, and go to Brooklyn. Um, we did see him go to New York, or he was traded to New York. Um, I think before he went to Brooklyn, um, and, you know, he basically was like a last minute, oh, I was going to go to Dallas, but then, you know, the Clippers came, Doc Rivers, and everyone wanted me to stay, and it ended up working, and then he left, and so Lob City's gone, they ended up trading Tobias Harris for, um, Landry Shamit and some draft picks, they ended up adding Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, they still had Patrick Beverly and Montrezl Harrell, and Lou Williams from the Houston Rockets, Chris Paul deal. So, you know, the Clippers were looking pretty good, but the minute that they lost in the finals to Denver, Steve Ballmer had a panic attack to the point where he was ready to just get rid of everyone and was just ready to blow it all up. But he ended up coming to his senses, and I guess the only casualty was Doc Rivers, who was um, no longer head coach. He was there originally as a um, head coach, and he also had some front office um, as well. And then he just kind of was the head coach, and now he is no longer there. He is in Philly. And so they ended up uh, looking at several different options, one of which was Sam Cassell, who was the right-hand man uh, for many seasons in um, in uh, you know the Clippers with Doc Rivers there. He was... Uh, well, Doc Rivers was his head coach in Boston when they won in 2008. Um, and Sam Cassell was someone who had experience in this team. 
And then there was Ty Lue who came on after being a championship coach with LeBron in Cleveland. And a lot of people expected Ty Lue to be the Lakers head coach, but they weren't offering what he wanted. And so he'd rather be an assistant under Doc Rivers than be um, a head coach for nothing at the Lakers expense. And so um, now Ty Lue is their new head coach. He got promoted. So good for him. I mean, this is going to be something to watch um, because now Ty Lue is going to have all the spotlight on him because if the Clippers run it back, pretty much what they got going, they're still going to be favorites up with the Lakers when it comes to the championship next year in the West. Um, they might be and most likely will be number two behind the Lakers and LeBron and AD. Um, Ty Lue is going to get a chance to you know, see what Kawhi Leonard's like. Um, obviously with LeBron James, you really don't have to do too much coaching because he does a lot of the work on his own. And so when Ty Lue had Kevin Love, Kyrie, and LeBron, he really didn't have to do too much because they knew what they were doing. And so now he's going to have to deal with Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Patrick Beverly, and Lou Williams. Um, I think, uh, you know, he's got a lot going and I think it's going to be a great situation for him because he brings that championship experience, um, and he is someone who is just by far and away done a lot in his um, coaching career. He also has uh, NBA playing experience, which is great because a lot of players respect him for that. And, you know, being someone who's been in the league, obviously those coaches tend to um, get a lot more respect. You know, Doc Rivers played in the NBA, and obviously people like him, and he's got um, connections in the NBA, obviously. There are some, uh, such as Steve Kerr, who played obviously with Jordan, and that's one of the reasons why he was, um, uh, you know, a head coach in Golden State, and people like him. Steve Nash, um, say what you will about why he was a chosen head coach, but Kevin Durant came out and said he's, you know, a friend. He's someone who knows a lot about the NBA. He's been in the NBA. He has connections, and so he's the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets, and so, you know. Ty Lue, I think, is going to do great with the Clippers. I think he's got a good team with them. And so, to be honest, they have a pretty solid situation. And I don't really see it as an issue. They're going to be a good team. They're going to have so much going for them. And, you know, the Clippers will really get it done. I think if they can re-sign Montrezl Harrell and Marcus Morris, they'll be, they'll be looking pretty good. So I am definitely a fan of what they got going. And it's a pretty good situation. Um, so yeah, that's what I think the Clippers got going for them. Uh, add a few free agents into the mix, and you're looking at a good team. So I expect the Clippers to be real deal next season and to rival the Lakers. And I don't think they're going to lose again to Denver. Um, if Denver gets that far, I don't know. But the Clippers are ready. They're hungry, and they'll be a good team. Tyler's a good coach. Steve Ballmer will be um, surprised with how great he is, um, and so that's going to be um, the choice that works out, hopefully, because um, the Clippers have always been seen as the little brother to the Lakers, and yes, Steve Ballmer wants to get his own stadium in Inglewood, um, but the fact of the matter is you're going into a stadium night after night, and all the banners on the wall while they're covered up are Lakers banners, and you know they are. You're a player on that team. You're a coach on that team. You know what the Lakers have. And now that they're champions again, you know, that's a lot. And so Ty Lue is going to come in here with his experience and say, look, I got this. We'll be good. 
Moving on to the Houston Rockets. So the Houston Rockets are now in a situation um, that nobody really knew was coming. The Rockets have pretty much been, over the last five years, the only major opponent that the um, Golden State Warriors have had to deal with. James Harden and Chris Paul, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, um, you know, they've pretty much been, in my opinion, um, that they've just been the biggest threat to Golden State, and there was, I believe 2017, almost a chance they could have made the finals. Um, and so, if you think about it, they could have literally been in the NBA Finals, but Golden State ended up winning. Boston lost to Cleveland, and we saw another Finals, Golden State versus Cleveland. But the Rockets now are at a crossroads. They had Mike D'Antoni, who was offensive-minded, three-point shooting-minded. Defense was not his strong suit. You had a team that was built around small ball basketball with P.J. Tucker, who's like six foot five as your center. Robert Covington played center at six foot seven when he was a small forward pretty much everywhere else and in his NBA career. So now you have no Mike D'Antoni, who uh, is no longer with the team. You have Daryl Morey, who was the executive behind this sort of uh, small ball. He is no longer there. He stepped down. And so they ended up snagging uh, Raphael Stone, who is um, someone who was in the uh, Rockets organization. He stepped up and is now the new general manager. Um, and at that point, that is where... Um, he is. Um, if we look at the head coaching situation right now, it's a question mark. It seems like there have been a couple of player, uh, former players or former coaches who are um, now in uh, talks of potentially being the head coach of the Rockets. The coaching search is down to three names. Jeff Van Gundy, who was a former New York Knicks head coach. John Lucas, who is an assistant coach with the Rockets and I believe he played in the NBA and then uh, Dallas Mavericks assistant Steven Silas, um, who also has been a assistant coach. Um, he has pretty much been uh, an assistant coach all over um, the NBA with Charlotte, New Orleans, Cleveland, Washington, Golden State, uh, Charlotte again, and Dallas since 2018. So he is a definitely more offensive-minded um, assistant coach. Um, and someone who um, I think would be a pretty solid option. Um, Jeff Van Gundy has been a reporter on the sidelines watching the games and being an announcer. And so I don't know if he's the best choice. I don't know too much about John Lucas, so I can't really make any assumptions on that. But if these are the three finalists, um, I'm going to most likely assume it's going to be either Jeff Van Gundy or Steven and Silas, who are um, both assistant coaches, and I think, uh, well, one's an assistant coach and one was a former head coach of the Knicks, so they both have experience uh, dealing with NBA players and um, all that stuff, and so um, basically uh, someone who worked with Steph Curry um, early on in his career and has worked um, in Charlotte and has done so much with his team, and so... Um, it sounds like uh, we don't know who's going to be the choice, but um, it's, uh, those are the three names. Um, what seems like the next logical thing, uh, most reporters are saying that the Rockets are going to consult the players, 
um, and saying James Harden and Russell Westbrook should have a lot of the influence um, and pretty much uh, that's a good thing you know if you want to have a great head coach there are two ways to go about it you need a great general manager and he picks a head coach that works well with his style of um, general managing or you get a head coach who's um, well respected by the players and so obviously um, all of these players know um, John Lucas because he's been on the sidelines with the Rockets obviously many of these players know of or have heard of Steven Silas because he's been a assistant coach pretty much all over the NBA and has been there since these guys have been playing so he is someone who they probably know or just through the NBA circles um, and then Jeff Van Gundy um, a lot of people probably know his brother Stan Van Gundy who was the Detroit Pistons head coach as well as the Orlando Magic head coach but um, Jeff Van Gundy's been on the sidelines and worked and works with Mark Jackson as the announcers I think he's there on TNT but um, you know I think any of these choices would be a pretty good situation now when you get your head coach the next logical question to ask is what happens to this roster because if we get a new uh, head coach in there and small ball is not the way he wants to go how are they going to make this work so you know you have to look at this and look at all the angles and see pretty much where you can go from here and kind of dissect the situation um, in its entirety so you have Westbrook you have James Harden and you have so many great players to be honest it's it's what's it's something you're gonna have to look at so um, yeah I think we are going to have to look at a couple of different options to see um, where they go so if the Houston Rockets take the um, most dramatic route which is basically saying okay we're gonna get rid of James Harden we're gonna get rid of these guys we're going to just blow it all up we're gonna start from scratch we're gonna you know do all this stuff um, and get draft picks and all this I think that's kind of a way to go but there is also another group of people who say the Rockets don't have any draft picks the reason why you tank is because you want your picks to turn out to be lottery or top five. But if you don't have your own picks, you're just wasting your talent. We're going to keep these guys around, and we're not going to tank. Uh, I think they could go down either route. I think they're going to most likely see what they can get for uh, Westbrook, maybe Harden. Um, sh nobody should be off limits. And so here is the first trade that I came up with. So this one's a three-team trade, and... Basically, the Rockets are going to get Miles Turner, Jalen Brown, Vincent Poirier, and Victor Oladipo, plus uh, one, two, three, f four first-round picks, one in 2020, one in 2021, one in 2023, and one in 2025, plus two second-round picks. The Pacers will get Daniel House Jr., Robert Williams, uh, Gordon Hayward, and Ennis Cantor, and the Celtics get James Harden and Robert Covington. So... I don't think Harden's going to get traded, but if the new Rockets regime wants him to wants things to shake up, then this is something that could work, because the Rockets are going to add three great players in Victor Oladipo, Miles Turner, and Jalen Brown, and they also add a bunch of uh, picks to restock the the war chest in um, Houston. So they have Russell Westbrook, Jalen Brown, Victor Oladipo, uh, P.J. Tucker, and Miles Turner, which is a pretty good starting lineup. 
you know, for the Celtics, they finally get a superstar. They finally trade these picks and these young players and they get rid of everything and kind of make right. You know, they could have gotten Anthony Davis. They could have got Kawhi Leonard. They could have got Paul George. They could have got Jimmy Butler. But they chose to hold off and now you do it. You know, you get a 3D wing and you get an MVP in James Harden. And this move would make the Celtics the best in the Eastern Conference because you have Kemba Walker. James Harden, Jason Tatum, Robert Covington, and Daniel Tice as your starting five. You have uh, three all-stars in the starting line. And then the Pacers here, they add a great, you know, uh, player in Gordon Hayward. They add some good role players in Cantor and House. And if Oladipo wants out, then this is a pretty solid move. Um, I think if the Rockets do anything, it's going to be with Russell Westbrook. But um, that was a pretty good trade for James Harden. Now looking at... Uh, Westbrook, what they can do uh, with him, and um, this move is basically going to be um, the Bucks and the Clippers and the Rockets. So the Rockets will get Lou Williams, Landry Shamit, uh, Mafundu Kabengale, and Eric Bledsoe. Um, the Clippers will get Russell Westbrook, and the Bucks will get Patrick Beverly and Austin Rivers. So if you're looking at this deal and saying Russell Westbrook doesn't have a ton of talent. And if you want Lou Williams and Landry Shamet and some young players, um, you can retool just a little bit. The Clippers obviously get the best player, and I think Patrick Beverly is a pretty solid option for um, Milwaukee if that's kind of the direction that they're going in. Um, and so it is by far and away an option that could work, um, again, if that's kind of the direction that they're looking at. Then we have the New York Knicks who seem to be interested in getting either Chris Paul or Russell Westbrook. So the Rockets would get Kevin Knox, Taj Gibson, Wayne Ellington, uh, Julius Randle, uh, Dennis Smith Jr. They would get pick number eight as well as um, a future Dallas 2021 draft pick and a future Dallas 2023 draft pick for Russell Westbrook. So adding young players, adding draft picks, um, it's... Um, Something that could potentially take place. Then we have the Houston Rockets and the Orlando Magic. Houston Rockets will acquire Nikola Vucevic, Aaron Gordon, and Markel Fultz. And the Magic will acquire Russell Westbrook. So in this scenario, yes, the Rockets are getting some good forwards. You can have um, a pretty solid group there with um, James Harden and Eric Gordon, and Robert Covington, and um, Vucevic, and Aaron Gordon um, is in there. So that's pretty solid um, right there. If we're looking at a smaller deal that could potentially uh, make sense, we could see Yurkasov Nurkic of the Portland Trailblazers getting traded for Eric Gordon. So if the... Um, Portland Trailblazers want to keep Hassan Whiteside around and they decide to go after um, a better player like Eric Gordon, um, then they could potentially do that and that could make sense. And then if we are looking at this next one here just to bring in a um, center that maybe is a little bit better than what they got, you could trade um, for uh, Robert Covington and we could see Torian Prince and Jarrett Allen going to the Houston Rockets. So 
yeah, the Rockets get some good players, and we see uh, Covington, who could be a good shooting guard, small forward, power forward with uh, Brooklyn. So, in my opinion, that's where we could go, and that's, I think, a good move, and we'll see. So, the Rockets have a big decision to make because their head coach is going to affect how their team is run, and the fact that they're asking their players to give them input makes a lot of sense. Obviously, the Houston Rockets have their choices, but if you say these are your three options, pick one. I think Harden and Westbrook and all these guys have opinions that matter, and this is probably the best situation, and I think it's one that could uh, make sense. So we'll see what happens with Houston, and maybe they'll get better. Maybe they'll finally make the NBA final.